Hello and welcome along to episode 53 of the All Things Leeds podcast. I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me in the studio is, as always, my co-host Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, you alright? Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm just cold and tired, but you know. Yeah, it's freezing outside. It's winter. (laughs) Yeah, I hate this time time of year, the weather this time of year. I'm the person where if I wake up and it's cold, I'm... I'm just not really up for it. But then when I get up and it's really warm, nice and sunny outside, then I'm then I'm, I'm more, more positive. Yeah, but you love waking up. It's one of your favourite things to do is wake up. <laughs> yeah, you hate waking up, don't you? Yeah, I really, I really hate <laughs> uh, But there's plenty to discuss uh, in this episode, of course. Uh, we'll be looking back on Leeds United's 1-0 loss to Wigan Athletic at Ellen Road last Saturday. I'm sure that'll be so much fun discussing that again. Uh, we'll also see how the Leeds United under-23s, under-18s and women's teams have got on this week. The transfer window is shut now, thank goodness, but uh, Charles and I will be recapping all of the ongoings that happened at Leeds United in January before looking ahead to Leeds United's next two games. First up, it's a trip to Nottingham Forest on Saturday and that's followed up by a trip to Brentford on Tuesday night. Plenty coming up here on the All Things League podcast. So uh, let's get straight into last Saturday's game then. Leeds United losing 1-0 to Wigan Athletic at Ellen Road. Uh, just a really poor afternoon, this one really. Charles, what what went wrong for Leeds in that game? It reminded me a lot of the Sheffield Wednesday game at home. It was the kind of, the, just their desperation to get that opening goal. Because in the first half we had so many opportunities to, to open the scoring. And as it went on longer and longer, even before the goal, you kind of felt we're getting fewer and fewer opportunities. We're looking more and more desperate and we're... Losing all kind of composure, which we we had, because we weren't. We, the first half was all right. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of first halves we've had where we've gone on to win games. Yeah, we just didn't score. Like, um, are we going to go through the uh, the chances? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as you say, we were all right. I'd say that we were all right. We were okay. We certainly weren't at our best. We weren't poor though. The first half. Yeah, we weren't poor, but we weren't at our best. We were just all right. We just couldn't really break Wigan down, could we? And. It's frustrating because, you know, we faced a poor Wigan side. Let's face it, they are poor. They're 22nd in the league table in the relegation zone. The highest goal scorer, I was saying before this, was is a centre-back, Jay Dunkley, with five goals. So you need to know to know that they're a crap team. And, you know, we knew what kind of game it would be. It would be, it would be tough, it would be poor. And we knew that Wigan would just sit back and pump one balls forward, and that's exactly what they did. But we, we just couldn't break them down. And I guess you've got to give Wigan credit there because they did defend really well at times. They were throwing bodies on the line. I'm not giving Wigan credit offensively because their entire plan was, yeah, not offensively. was to punt it to Kiefer Moore. He would bring the ball down and they would win a corner. That was all. They, yeah. that, they, and they did that, I'm not joking, for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. All they did was boot the ball at Kiefer Moore. Yeah. But they was, defended well, though, didn't they? Yeah, they were just they were very compact. Yeah, that, they got that Kipre in defence. He had a really good game. Dunkley had a really good game. <clears throat> their keeper had the buddy game of his life, but they were they were defending on the on the line. I think we had we definitely had at least two shots cleared off the line um, by uh, Wigan cleared them off the line, and we 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 just we got into such good positions. Particularly this happened more in the second half, but we, we were whipping balls in, we were getting good, into good areas, and then Costa we were in a particularly really poor afternoon. Yeah, it, it was just, just a final ball, wasn't it? Which was just punted at the first man. They would head it out. And they would either counter or boot it clear, yeah. and then we would recycle it. it. It would be the exact same all throughout the game. We'd start off, we'll start off with the defenders. We'd take take it, take the ball into midfield. We'll go out wide. If it's not working on that wing, we'll zip it across to the other wing. Then we'll get the ball in. It'll be cleared, and then that, that's just it again. It, it, you know, it, it wasn't really 
poor game to be honest to watch. But I don't, I don't think Leeds, you know, were, were too bad. We, we were just, just it was just the final third. We just didn't get if anything like the final chance, third, which goes off the uh, <laughs> post goes in. It's a different game. Yeah, if, I mean, we, we had plenty of chances to win it, didn't we? In the first, half. I, I thought Jack Harrison was brilliant in that he first half. Dec- he had a decent game. Yeah, he hit the post. I really wanted that to go in because that would have been a fantastic goal. Um, but yeah. he, but he had that chance where the ball came into came into him. It was at the far post. All he had to do was touch it, and the ball goes in. But somehow he's touched, got took it, took the ball across the goal line. But it took him too wide that he ended up back heeling it and ended up going out of play. He, he took, he touched, he, he brings it, kind of, back his Bamford who whips it into him, and he and he touches it onto his right foot and he takes him wide. If he touches it with his left foot, it probably accidentally rolls in. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't score, especially given his left foot in as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no idea how Jack Harrison didn't score that, but he he was good though. He really was good. But the other person to have a lot of chances was Patrick Bamford, and he missed quite a lot as well. Yeah, he had that. Him and Costa had pretty much identical chances where they got round the uh, kind of right right wing, and they 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 basically got closed down too much by the keeper, and just uh, the keep either forced good saves or sent it over. Um, yeah, Bamford also had the one where it, I think it's Costa who whips it into him, and he he's literally about ten yards out, and it it it, it falls on his it's, ass. It's not, it's not like he's. Like he's like you know already wound up to shoot and he's kind of it's under his feet. Yeah, he's he's got perfect stance to take the shot and he just decks it. Yeah, he falls on his ass and sends the ball back the other way, which I don't know how he, how on earth he did. And then Costa obviously uh, has another shot and it goes over the bar. Um, Alioski had one which went on just over the bar. Yeah, it was just one of them afternoons. Yeah, where nothing was just working for us. We couldn't really break him down, and it was just frustrating. But Patrick Bamford, I mean, for me, there's no defending him anymore. He had so many chances in that in that game, which are just you not know, really you know good chances. I, I can't probably you know six seven really good chances that he should have done better with, and he just didn't. And for me, there's no defending him anymore. I'm not asking to score every single one of these chances. Either. If he puts one or two of them away, then that's all we have. But he should be getting more goals than he has already. Yeah, you know he's got. I mean, did you see those? That I don't know who. Um, I think it was, was it second tier podcast put that thing out, or was it yeah. championship stats saying he's got the. The, the most big chance, I think it's 20 big chances, is wasted. Um, it's a huge amount of shots on target and off target, which have just not gone in where they probably... Not, not every single one of them should go in, but the goals, yeah. he, the goals he has scored as well, they haven't been... They haven't been the difficult chances. They've been the... the you couldn't couldn't miss, like the ones yeah. against Wigan. The, um, the, the only chance where you think that was a really good goal was the, the one against... Um, was one against Stoke and the one against Luton, but even then you can say that's probably poor keeping because the Stoke yeah. keeper kind of palms it out to him and the Luton keeper gets beaten at his near post. So you think I don't want to slag him off because he has got he has he's our top scorer and he's got a lot of goals, but it's twelve really, goals though. It's, Should be on about twenty five with the chances he gets. It's, it's so frustrating to watch him play sometimes. Yeah, it is, and I, and I want him to succeed so badly. Yeah, because uh, honestly, I, I I don't want us to have to sign. Augustine and to to go up. I, yeah, would, exactly. I would happily have Bamford playing every week and scoring every week, but, but I'm not asking to score every week either. I don't, you don't need to score every game, but every other game. Yeah, but he's just not scoring enough, though. He's just not scoring enough. Nobody, nobody's scoring enough. Yeah, though. but people were praising Patrick Bamford, and yeah, oh yeah, it, it's fair fair to him. But they were praising Patrick Bamford for scoring two goals against Millwall. They were quite easy goals to score, really. You know, unmissable chances, really. But that made it twelve goals of a season. Should be on a lot more than that. But before that, he hadn't scored in, what, six or seven league games? And then he had that stretch of, was it 12 league games early in the season where he didn't score? That, that yeah. really bad patch. Um, it was just... 
He, he's not good enough for me. He's not good enough at all because he's not. He's not a finisher. He's not a striker. I think he'd be good as as a number ten because he's good at holding the ball up, bringing other players into the game. But he's just not good at finishing, and he needs some help up there for me. I just don't think he's he, he you know he's the finisher that, that a promotion team needs. I don't like lone strikers anyway. I don't think unless you're very yeah. very good. I don't think he, it works a lot of the time. I think you get you just get isolated too easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I always like two strikers up front. A really good partnership there, but there, there's a re- <laughs> There's a reason that Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe were so successful for Portsmouth. Yeah, uh, but for, for me, there's no defending Bamford anymore. I just think he, he he he's not good enough for a striker and for a team who wanted to go up. And it's as simple as that. And especially after you know Tuesday night, the Millwall game, that celebration where he put his hands over his ears, you know, telling the fans to shut up. Basically, I, I, I don't agree with that. He, he just needs to because he because he, he gets so much support as Patrick Bamford, more support than I've seen for you know for any player ever. You know, Chris Wood. Got a lot of criticism, barely any support. But what did he do? Got his got his head down, worked hard, and improved. He did. Jack Harrison last season worked hard and improved. Bamford just needs to do that. He needs to take criticism. To be fair, Chris, like a champ, Chris and then Ward work did hard. get a bit annoyed when people were kind of taking the mic yeah, out of him. But he worked hard and improved. Patrick Bamford's not doing that. He's not doing that at all. He just needs to get his head down and improve and prove everyone wrong. But he's just not doing that. No. So it's, it, it is frustrating. It really is frustrating. Um. You've got to criticise Marcel Bielsa, don't you, for Saturday as well, do you think? Because, you know, the team lineup, he made it, he lifted it unchanged, which, you know, fair enough because we won the last game. But a lot of people criticising the subs because he made one sub during the game, Tyler Roberts on for Alioski. Which was a good sub, actually, because Roberts played well. Yeah, but that left Jack Harrison all by himself on the left wing, which I just didn't understand. And Bielsa seems to do that. But Jean Kevin Augustine, of course, the new striker, 22 year old Frenchman, uh, we got on loan from Red Bull Leipzig. Um, people were were shocked and baffled as to why he wasn't on the bench, and he wasn't injured. Phil Hay tweeted before the game that he's doing extra work in training, but what extra work does he need to do? I mean, he's played at Red Bull Leipzig, PSG, Monaco. He's played in the Champions League. I'm sure that he can handle Wigan at home. It was um, obviously we're recording this on the Wednesday um, after the after the game on the uh, at the weekend. He, he played in the under twenty threes on the tu- on uh, yesterday night, Tuesday night, and um, it, obviously it, it looked like he picked up picked up a knock immediately, which is terrifying. But um, yeah, it seemed to be he didn't seem to be entirely up to pace, so that might be a factor as to why he didn't. He I thought it looked okay, but I mean, at least just have him on the bench because then you got the option then. Bielsa in his post match press conferences has been basically moaning at the fact that there's no player like Eddie Nketiah on the bench as an option to bring on. I mean, Tyler Roberts is a striker. That's what we signed him as. Yeah, but he doesn't play as a striker, though, does he? He we plays could, as a winger in midfield. We could play him as a striker. We, we, we did play him as a striker briefly last season. And he anyway. did well as a striker last season as well. He get, like, three goals when we were playing him up front in about, yeah. what, four or five games. Yeah, he played really well when he, when he was the number nine, but we just, just don't seem to play him up there. But I just think, you know... Just have the option there. Just have the insurance there. And, you know, Ian Wright recently has been saying, you know, the only way to, you know, get a, get a player, you know, get him suited to, to to the team is to just play him. Get him on the pitch and play him and score goals and then to suit it down. Ian Wright says hey, that doesn't get the, you know, the, the stage of, you know, learning and, you know, for weeks and weeks of not being in the first team and then going in. You know, he seemed to not understand that. And you know, I've got to agree. I'll just chuck him in. Just chuck him in. Every other team who's signed a new player, they've been in the team. So it's, it's I, just... And I hate, I hate to credit them because I despise them as a club. But Derby did that with Rooney. They, they were quite smart about the window because they signed Rooney at the start of the transfer window. So he's been playing for the entire January. 
And, and he's been doing well. And he's, yeah, he's scored a few goals. <clears throat> I, ju- I just think you need to have him as the option, Augustine. I just I just thought it was baffling. But, you know, one sub-German game, why did he not bring on the likes of Ian Paveda or Shackleton? Because the crowd was, you know, really that, that, low. That was frustrating, really, because... Yeah. I uh, thought it would have been a perfect game as well for Ian Paveda to make his debut as well. Shackleton would have brought more injuries to that midfield. Yeah, um, Ian Paveda would have... Because but, we've not seen much of it. Yeah, yet. I mean, obviously he played for the under twenty threes on Tuesday night. But it would have lifted the crowd though, which I think was desperately needed. But also, just we, we needed some fresh legs on the field because I felt as though we lacked urgency. The crowd, we, the crowd was pretty poor though, and I say that yeah. as I was part of that crowd. <laughs> I was there, yeah. so I can say that we, it was the atmosphere was a bit kind of tense, yeah. and a bit angry, and a bit. But I just think Brim, I just think Brim Pervedo on the new signing lifts the crowd up a bit. But we needed fresh legs because I felt as though we lacked urgency. We were short on ideas, really short on ideas, and yeah, I, I just don't think we were. You know, we we just we're short on ideas. We lacked urgency, and we just couldn't break them down. And we needed fresh legs and something new. And I felt as though we should have made more subs. And I feel as though Marcelo Bielsa, you know, probably too stubborn to his ways. Really, I, I, I just think we needed something new at the weekend. And I think Marcelo Bielsa. You know, although he's fantastic, and you know, people saying Bielsa out, which is just ludicrous. He's fantastic, done so much for I've this club. I've not seen that anywhere. I have. I've seen, I've seen a few people saying uh, Bielsa out on BBC Radio Leeds after the game. Free callers phoned in and said Bielsa out. Oh, so he's it, not that time yet. Calm down, guys. But massive lack of respect. Yeah, there. but but he, he does have a few, you know, a few things that I think you know Bielsa could do better with, and you know, the, the substitution choices. Yeah, he's, he's not perfect. He's fantastic, but he's not perfect. He's, um, he's, Massive clinging to playing the same team every week is frustrating at the best of time yeah. because rotation would allow players who are getting tired and who uh, get a bit jaded to get a bit of a rest and obviously trial new players out, which would be smart. But I understand that he wants to stick to a similar team and get, and get used to the team uh, playing with each other all the time. But that's that's just part of it. Where part of his tactics, where you think we do look a bit predictable at times. Other teams' managers always know who's going to play because we don't change. Unless there's a suspension or an injury, we don't change. And even if we do change, <laughs> we tell them about it at the press conference beforehand. <laughs> we so. do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we, we are quite predictable. Which, to be which, fair. And, and um, this was a perfect example of a game where we were predictable because Wigan knew they weren't going to hold on to the ball yeah. at all. And whenever they got the ball, they gave it away immediately because they just punted it long to keep it yeah, I mean, every time. Yeah, I mean, they have a poor side, Wigan. I mean, you know, Wigan coming into this 15 Wheel League games. One drew four, lost ten, and just won one. So, so they've got a poor away record. And what? So they, they won this. That's their third away win in 57, two of those at Ellen Road. Which is just. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's awful. Um, but Wigan coming into this, they would have been happy with a point, but they got three points. But it was all thanks to a really poor goal, really, for Leeds United to concede. Came on 59 minutes, uh, of course, uh, the corner deflect of Pablo Hernandez, um, and it uh, flew into the uh, far corner. And just the, the defence, everyone just stood still in the box. And Kiko say, you know, what's he doing there? He just stands still. To be fair, I think it's such an unlucky goal, though. The yeah, fact- it, it is an unlucky goal, but the ball's in the air for such a long time that everyone has time to reset, readjust, and reevaluate the situation and, you know, go and, go and try to claim it. Kiko can say you're the goalkeeper, can use your hands, jump up, tap the ball over the bar, or punch it out, do whatever, just don't let it go in. I thought it was poor defending and poor goalkeeping. That's just my personal opinion. And I'm, I'm not so sure. Because um, I think if Pablo is, is not there to block the, the cross, 
I think we clear that ball. <laughs> I really do. Oh yeah, but of course it took a big reflection on Pablo Hernandez, and if he's not stood there, then just it's not a goal. I think it just creeps under the bar. Yeah. The but crowd, do you not think the crowd couldn't, couldn't believe it at first? We thought the ball had gone out of play. For <laughs> yeah. But do you so not think Casilla could have done better though? Possibly, but you know, whenever we're on corners or anything like that, I've, I've noticed this. Yeah. Team, uh, team just crowd Casilla. Like there's at least two opposition players on him at all times, yeah. preventing him from moving because they know if they restrict him even slightly, he'll mess it up. Well, he can just run backwards into the goal and then run back out again. <laughs> And just and just just run sideways, run out of the way, do whatever, just keep it out. I thought it was poor goalkeeping. And Kiko say for me, just does he need taken out of the team for you? Because a lot of people are saying that Kiko say needs taken out of the team. Don't seem to be playing very well. He, he, he hasn't kept a clean sheet since the game before the three-all draw with Cardiff at home, which is well over a month ago. He hasn't mm. kept a clean sheet for, which I think is poor and. He just seems really short on confidence at the moment. And I don't know if it's because he has a lot on his mind. Of course, he's got this um, race, uh, FA ban over alleged racism looming over his head. So I don't know if he's got a lot on his mind. He's short on confidence. But I, I just think he needs some time away from the team. Get Elon Messier in. You know, 19-year-old French goalkeeper, of course. Looked really good against Arsenal. He's really big. I just think, you know, just something else. Just just try it. You might as well try it. Because we, there's only 16 games left of the season. We're, we've only picked up two wins in nine league games. Just... Try something new because 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 something needs to happen. But, but yeah. um, it's, a nice, it's a nice notion, but it will happen. Yeah, uh, but but that goal, of course, Port can see came off fifty nine minutes. We had half an hour to turn it around, not five minutes. We had thirty minutes to turn it around. Thirty five minutes plus added time. If you, um, there was only four minutes of added time, despite a huge amount of time wasted. Off we did. <laughs> yeah, and I mean a huge amount. We're going down engine every minute. Yeah, but we had plenty of time to turn it around, and we just didn't. Just. Just wasn't good. And as I say, Leeds lacked quality, ideas, urgency, and Wigan, of course, held on to win 1-0. Uh, just a bad afternoon. And, you know, going into the game, I was really confident, as I should be. You know, we're top of the league coming up against a poor team in Wigan. I should be confident. I should be hopeful and should be expecting a win. But you did know, though, didn't you, Charles? At the back of your mind, you just thought, you know, this could happen because we always seem to do bad against the lesser teams in the league. I said say. to you, walking down to the ground from the Dragon that we were going to lose 1-0 and yeah. we lost 1-0 <laughs> you, you, you just know that we always seem to do worse against the lesser teams and it, it's strange what, what do you think it is? is is it a mentality issue is it complacency I think it's just yeah I think it is a bit a bit of complacency I think it's to do with the chances we create because we create so many chances that when, when we miss one we always think oh well never mind it's Wigan we're going to create another one and we'll score that but like it, it almost seems at times like we were allergic to shooting, to shooting as well. <laughs> we just work it round round the edge of the box. Yeah, we're whipping balls which get cleared, and we can't be whipping balls into the box against Wigan. You're just not going to win a header. You're just not. We never win headers. We never win headers. We don't have any presence in the box at no, all. No, we, do, we don't. And you think why don't we just try a bit of individual skill, get Roberts on, and we did that eventually, and we we looked a little bit more dangerous. But we just didn't have enough shots. We didn't work the keeper nearly enough. And if you don't work the keeper, you can't. Expect to get to win to win a game or score any goals. Yeah, we 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 just waste chances too freely. Yeah, absolutely. We need, we need to have a bit more of a this is our last chance to win this game mentality with every chance we have. Yeah, not the we'll get another chance in ten seconds <laughs> yeah. mentality, which means that we're just missing easy chances. Yeah, I mean it does seem to be an issue there, and yeah, just just a bad afternoon on Saturday. That's now three losses, one win in our last four games. Four losses, three draws, and just for two wins from our last nine league games, which is just not not, not good at all. Certainly not promotion form, and 
we need to improve. We need to turn our form around fast. What needs doing for you, Charles? What 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 needs changing to turn our form around? Because it is bad. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Honestly, mate, and I, I'm, I'm saying this. I can't. I don't know. I don't know what we what it will take. Augustine him. I don't. I don't think so. I know. I would. I would personally play Tyler Robson up front. I would just stick Tyler Robson up front. Yeah. I think Bamford needs some time away from the team. Yeah, I think, think he needs to be dropped from the starting lineup. Yeah, because if for his own sake, as much as the team, because he's he's not he's not he's missing penalties, he's missing easy chances. Yeah, everyone's getting on his back. His attitude is just going to get worse. He's better having a bit of breathing time uh, away from the game, get his kind of breath back and get himself right uh, mentally. Um, I think Roberts will. Uh, he's back. He's back fit now for however long that is. <laughs> um, and he, and he he did look really lively when he came on. I would he did. It looked good. I would personally play him up front because I think yeah. What, what can we look? We, we we know what we get with Tyler Roberts. He he is a good player. Yeah. And the Casilla issue is a bit of a strange one. I'm t- I'm inclined to agree with you with regards to Meslier, but I, it, it won't happen. No, it won't until, happen until but... until well, they say until if Casilla gets done by this FA ban, that will be when Meslier comes in. Yeah. Uh, but we but, can't wait any longer to make any changes, though, and try and improve Because 16 games left, that's going to soon be down to 10. Soon going to be down to 5. Soon going to be down to 1. The end of season is... the way the season works. The end of season is coming to an end you know, really fast. So. Yeah, I think we just need to yeah. shake, our, uh, shake up our approach. And and just we, these next two games are crucial. Cause these yeah, are, they are crucial. These are, these are top six games. And yeah. They're not just six-pointers with regards to the top two in the playoffs. Yeah. They are also mentality changers because yeah. you, you think, right, if we can beat these two, then we're going to be okay. Yeah, of course, not in a forced away. Brentford away the next two really, hard games, really big games. And, you know, if you win the Wigan one, you know, that's 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 the most frustrating thing for me because, you know, if, if you beat Wigan, which you should at home, you know, if you're wanting to go up, those are the games that you need to win. It's as simple as that. If you're wanting to go up, you need to beat poor teams like Wigan at home. Really, it's as simple as that. And if you win this game, then you go into the next few games, which are very tough. You know, you go into those next few games with, with a bit of breathing space, don't you? But now, these next few games are must-win. Yeah, because we'll drop. They must the, win. Because we'll drop out the top two. Yeah, I mean, somehow after that loss on Saturday, we're still in the top two. We're second on fifty-five points, uh, three points from Fulham, in, who are in third, and we're just eight points from seventh as well. So it, it can all change so quickly. It can all change really quickly. Now, yes, we could be miles ahead in the next few weeks. A certain Joy Division song has just come to mind. <laughs> I mean, but you know, yes, we could be miles clear at the top of the league in a few weeks, but we could also be outside the top six in a few weeks. So. I, I'm quite worried. I, I, are you worried in the next few games? Yeah, I'm worried because I think we've done it again. <laughs> well, we've, I, we've bottled it. Yeah, I think we have bottled it. I mean, and I'm going to get pelters for being negative on here because I always do. But we are, we are like as you've just said, two into nine games is major bottle. Yeah, like major bottle. It's poor form. <laughs> it, it does feel like we're falling apart. Now, I, I'm, I hope we're not. I hope that we turn it around, but. It's not looking it's good. A blip, it's a big one. Yeah. Um, we need to fix it. And the next few games, they are must win. As I say, we now got six games in 21 days. Six games this month in February. Uh, of course, we've got Forest away Saturday, Brentford away, um, Bristol City at Four home, Reading away, at home, Middlesbrough away, Hull City away. Four away games. <laughs> yeah. How many points from those do you think? Oh, uh, right now. <laughs> don't want to predict. Don't want to predict that. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't tell you. We're not. We're not a predictable. Eighteen team. points. How many? The, the championship is not a predictable league. Predicting it is insane. Yeah. Because there's so many, so many factors that just like the Premier League. People like to go on about it being the greatest league in the world, but it's a fairly predictable league. You, 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 you more or less know 
who's going to win each game. Yeah. The championship, you have no idea yeah. who's going to win each It's game. really unpredictable. It's one of the best leagues in the world of championship. For competitiveness. The standard of football is horrendous. Yeah, but the competitiveness and how yeah. hard it is, is it's one of the, tough, ev- ev- it's one of the toughest leagues in the world. Uh, yeah. bad <laughs> yeah but there's no doubt about it the next few games coming up are crucial they really are crucial and uh, they, yeah they're really big must win games crucial games coming up and we'll of course be looking ahead to Legion United's next few games in detail later on in the show but now let's move on to the Legion United 23s who were in PDL North action on Monday afternoon and they uh, drew 2-2 away at Sheffield Wednesday the game was played at Hillsborough which uh, is great as we always say it's great for youngsters to play at uh, big grounds like this um, but we of course saw we, we of course saw uh, new signings John Kevin Augustine and Ian Perveda play 45 minutes each uh, thoughts on them yeah they seem they seem decent but you can't really take much from 45 minutes especially yeah. in, the, in the reserves it's going to be we'll have to see him start or not start a game but come on in the game I was disappointed not to see Perveda at the weekend um I mean, I didn't expect to see Augustine at all, but I wanted to see Perverde come off the bench. Yeah. I'd, um, I wonder if they'll... They might make an appearance at Forest. Away games are always easier for attacking players to come off the bench and change something because yeah. there's not as much pressure like there is at home games. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, I, I like they, the look they, of they, them they both, they mate. Decent. They, look, they look like good players. Yeah, they do. They, they do look like good players. Ian Perverde looks really skillful, really handy, really fast. Uh, Jean Kevin Augustine, you know, he, he's a big guy, big guy. You know that he's going to be a presence in the box. You I say think. he's a big guy, but he's only, he's, he's my height. He's yeah, no. But like you know, thickness wise, strength wise, yeah, he, 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 he look he looks really a bit more big. built than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they look like really good players, and you know the fact that they only play forty five minutes each tells me that. They're going to be featured in the match day squad on Saturday, you know, in some capacity, whether done on the bench or starting. It does tell me that they're going to be featured. You know, first team players usually only get 45 minutes, but, you know, it is usually a hint that Bielsa's thinking about putting them in, otherwise they would have played before 90 minutes. Um, but, you know, they looked okay. People were worried because at the end of the first half, Augustine went off with uh, injury, but um, he, he seems fine. Leeds United posted on Twitter a picture of him with thumbs up after the game, Apparently so he seems he was, all uh... fine. He was enthusiastic to, to do the second half, but yeah. obviously, if he's going to be involved at the weekend, then he's only allowed 45 yeah. minutes. And uh, it, it was already pre-scheduled that he would only play 45 minutes, so uh, no worries there. And they both look good, Augustine and Pervader. Uh, the out on 23s, 2-0 draw there. I wait Sheffield Wednesday. Their next game is against Derby County in Premier League Cup. Uh, it takes place on Friday at 7pm at Bootham Crescent in York. Time for revenge for that, what was it, 7-1 loss? 7-1 battery, yeah. Time for revenge on uh, Friday. Mason Bennett and his, uh, his questionable driving antics uh, <laughs> scoring a few goals against us there. We'll yeah. hopefully get a bit of revenge. <laughs> um, but yeah, on to the early night in women's den. Uh, they face Norton Ladies at four parts on Sunday. And uh, they won 2-1 thanks to goals from Olivia Smart and Rebecca Hunt, who scored a, la- who scored a late winner on his seven minutes. Uh, so another win there for Dan O'Hearn's side and the Leeds so, United under twenty under eighteens rather. Uh, they are in action tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, the Leeds United under eighteens face Manchester United away in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup tonight. Seven PM kick off that. Uh, games being played at Old Trafford. Uh, Charles and I will be there. You, yeah, you looking going. forward to it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I always love a trip to Manchester. You know me, <laughs> especially going there. Theatre of nightmares. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, come away. Hopefully actually win the game. Um, quite a long way to get to go to get battered, but um, apparently Cardiff uh, under 18s beat them. So, because some guy was telling me that on a Championship <laughs> uh, page on Facebook. 
um, when I said I was going. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah, I've not been to Old Trafford before, so I'm. I'm I mean, I know you have because your dad gets uh, ticket tickets in Manchester now and again. Yeah, um, it's a nice stadium. To be fair, I feel a nice stadium. Yeah. I like it. I know that I know it's home to Manchester United. It's, but a, it's a dump, mate. It's a dump. You, can, you can't say nice things <laughs> about that, that lot. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to being in the away section. Yeah, it's going to be good. Leeds United fans uh, selling out the away section at Old Trafford. 1,400 tickets being sold, which is just mental. Sold. They are free. Yeah, they are <laughs> free tickets. But 1,400 Leeds fans on a Wednesday they... night at Old Trafford for an under-18s game that kicks off at 7pm. That's mental. I don't know why they don't charge like two or three quid for them. Yeah. They could have made enough to pay one of the players' wages <laughs> for a week, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. But that's mental, though, isn't it? That is mental. That is brilliant support. Yeah, because well, these tickets only went on sale last Wednesday. Yeah, I know because you were you were more they went on sale about three p.m. <laughs> yeah. But I saw on Sunday there was a tweet that said, "Oh, still tickets available on sale at lunchtime." So I was like, All right, I'm, "I'm gonna I'm gonna get four, <laughs> and I got four. Um, but yeah, fourteen hundred Leeds fans travelling to Old Trafford uh, to watch the under 18s Just fantastic support, absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's great that it's at Old Trafford as well. You know, big stadium, great experience for the uh, youngsters to play in. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. I mean, uh, Charlie Cresswell has been tweeted about it. It looks like he's really up for it. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be really good. It is going to be um, a lot of fun. Uh, is that one? Uh, well, uh, on to some uh, news now, and uh, it's been a fairly quiet week to be fair, but a few things have been announced. Uh, the first being a Leeds Legends uh, charity match, a centenary match, uh, which, which uh, will be taking place at Ellen Road on Saturday the 28th of March, uh, which is during the international break. Uh, will be uh, the Leeds Legends taking on the Bayern Munich Legends. Uh, of course, the last time we met them uh, was in 1975 in the European Cup final in Paris, which we lost uh, for the uh, youngsters' uh, we were cheated out of winning a European yeah. Cup and so, referee. And so the We Have a Champions Champions Europe chant started uh, there. So, um, yeah. Scored it, a perfectly legit, legitimate goal to go 1 0 up, which was disallowed for no reason. Yep. yep. And was denied four or five blatant penalties. <laughs> if only we had VAR back then. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, it, it looks good. Many legends uh, have been announced already. For Leeds United, you've got the likes of uh, Olivier de Court, Lee Boyer. Uh, Ian Hart, Gary Kelly, Danny Mills, you've got Jermaine Beckford, Luciana Becchio, Andy Hughes, uh, the manager uh, Simon Grayson will also be playing as well. Played? Was it on the pitch? Yeah, he's playing the managers for, for Leeds United. Um, will be uh, Howard Wilkinson and David O'Leary, uh, giant managers there. And uh, of course, uh, other legends, Rob Green, of course, a big legend for Leeds United. You've got Neil Sullivan as well. You've <laughs> got Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, you've got Noel Whelan, you've got the almighty Michael Brown, the Leeds legend Michael Brown there as well. All, the, all them players <laughs> that you've got really fond memories of, and then, and then not Michael Brown. <laughs> you I got, can't uh, think of a single positive Leeds United experience <laughs> I've had involving Michael Brown. <laughs> and you got got uh, Richard Cresswell as well. For my Munich, they've got a Brazilian World Cup winner, Lucio, uh, playing. Uh, so they've also got um, Martin Di Michaelis, uh, Zeba Berto, Elba. Uh, so, you know, there's quite, there's big quite players. It's quite an age range there because there's lads in like the 30s all the way up to like lads in the. I think I think Noel Williams in his late forties, isn't he? Yeah. So like, what what are they? Are they is it going to be like jogging football or are they yeah. going to go like full power? It's going to be like a typical charity match. Um, but it looks good though because I mean, many legends. It'll be great to see you know real football icons on the pitch at Ellen Road. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks like it's going to be a really good occasion. Are you, are you excited for it? Yeah, I mean, as you can be for a legends match. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing. 
players which I haven't seen for a long time back out on Ellen Road. That'd be good. I'm looking forward to seeing Becky on Beckford play for Leeds again. I'm just looking forward to that. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I've got very fond memories of them, lads. Especially, especially, especially Becky, who's my favourite player of all time. Yeah. While I've been, while I've been supporting him, obviously we've had we've had better players in the past, but in the the, the dark years that I've been supporting Leeds United, he's by far <laughs> my favourite player. Um, but it looks fantastic. So yeah, as I say, Saturday, twenty eighth of March, Leeds United Legends versus Bayern Munich Legends. Uh, yeah, looks fantastic. Get yourself down to that. It's going to be great, and it's all for charity as well, which is fantastic. Um, in oh, other yeah. news, uh, as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Leeds United's game against Fulham on Wednesday, the eighteenth of March at Ellen Road has been selected for Sky TV broadcast. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no change to kickoff time. It remains at seven forty-five p.m. But another game on Sky TV for everyone who can't get to games, they can watch it there. So, um, uh, yeah. As, as we all know, how the chant goes. We won't sink on here, but we, we all know about the chant. Uh, now, yeah. on to, uh, now, the transfer window is shut, uh, closed at 11pm last Friday. Uh, but since uh, we last recorded, there has been some movement at Leeds United. So, uh, we'll recap all of the uh, transfer uh, news at Ellen Road. Uh, so, uh, last week, 29-year-old midfielder Union O'Kane, uh, he joined Luton Town on an 18-month arrangement from Leeds. Basically a loan deal. Uh, okay, and uh, he's currently badly injured. He's been injured for some time, uh, and he picked up the injury while on loan at Luton Town last season. Now, as far as I know, he loved his time at Luton, and he wanted to be down there as he recovers. He, he's made a lot of friends down there, so he wanted to be there while he recovers. So, uh, eighteen months will take him to the end of his contract at Leeds. So, you'd imagine that you know after that he'll join Luton for free there. Um, him, him and his family moving down there, so you know, Kane will probably never play for Leeds again. Uh, I think it's safe to say. Um, I mean, thoughts on this? De- definitely safe to say. Um, I haven't really got any positive feelings about you know Kane. I mean, I mean he played okay at times. He was just he reminded he was just he was a bit like Forshaw, but not as good. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, he was just a, a midfielder who just and he got sent off as well. I remember he, he nutted someone at Ipswich away and got sent yeah. off. It was that, it was that period of games in the Christiansen season where someone just got sent off every game. We, yeah. we were down to ten men all the time. It was a massive disciplinary issue. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not going to be sad to lose him. And the fact that he's had such a long contract shows how short-sighted the thinking was <laughs> in that era. Yeah, yeah, that was really bad. Just brought in a lot of average players and really long-term contracts, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, OK, he's never going to get in the Leeds team. Uh, another player we need off the books, and we've done that, so decent business from Leeds. And yeah, of course, we thank OK for all that he did at Leeds. Good luck to him at uh, Luton Town. Uh, now, we didn't cover it last week, but uh, Academy player Guillermo Amor has left Leeds to join Spanish side Getafe. Didn't do too much, so it would be a great loss. Good luck to him uh, over in Spain. And a 22-year-old forward, Kuntemanuskov, has joined Spanish second division side La Nucia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, on loan until the end of the season. Uh, he did well for the 23 so it's good that he's going on loan, really, to develop, isn't it? Well, you say that, but, but Bielsa considers loans for young players as kind of pointless. So <laughs> you, you would think that the, the, the lads that have gone on loan will probably end up moving away at some point in the future. Yeah, probably, probably. But, uh, yeah. good, luck to, good luck to them, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Conte Minuskov has scored a few goals. I've not seen as much of Amor. Um, I'm assuming he's a decent player. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm going to wish anyone badly for leaving the academy to play more football. It's just it's the way football works, isn't it? Not everyone makes. In fact, very few people make it. Go all the way through from academy all the way up to the first team. Not, yeah. ma- not many do it. So yeah, good luck to lads. Yeah, good enjoy, luck. To enjoy it. the weather in Spain. I'll be uh, <laughs> hopefully doing the same, or possibly Portugal in a few months. <laughs> 
well, let's now recap all of the business that Leeds United did over the course of the January transfer window. Uh, so we'll start with the outs, of course, 19-year-old Jack Clark, who was recalled to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, 20-year-old 20, 20 striker, Eddie Nketiah, uh, was recalled to Arsenal, of course. Uh, 24-year-old defender Louis Coyle made his permanent move to Fleetwood Town, finally. <laughs> <laughs> After all this time, Fleetwood legend Louis yeah. Coyle. <laughs> uh, Paul Sabicki, the 26 year old, made a permanent move uh, to play in uh, Poland. I'm not going to pronounce for the team name that, he, that he's gone to join because uh, I just can't pronounce it. Only we had Chris here. <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, Paul Sabicki's gone over to play in Poland, made a permanent move there. Uh, Lawrence Zabok, left back Lawrence Zabok, 27 year old, has uh, joined Adio Den Haag on loan until the end of the season. So he's going to come back, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, um, 23. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 23-year-old Conor Shaughnessy, he's uh, joined Burton Albion on loan. Uh, Rafa Mujica, the 21-year-old striker, has joined Villarreal B-side on loan. Uh, you know, again, of course, we've covered theirs, joined Luton Town on 18-month loan. Uh, Guillermo Morpen moved to Catafe and Kunta Minuskov uh, on loan at La Nusia. So, um, forcing all those out. I mean, we're not going to miss many of those, are we? Not, I wouldn't imagine we'd miss any of them. I'd be very surprised if we... I've sold the next Mbappe or <laughs> sent, sent him out on loan. <laughs> no, um, um, I, I just we need to run these massive contracts down on these players we signed under Christiansen and Hekin, but on these awful average players, yeah, <laughs> like like Civic and like Lawrence de Bock, yeah, Lawrence de Bock particularly, who's awful. Yeah, we just need to get rid of uh, them. Don't we? <laughs> yeah, we just need to run their their contracts down as much as possible. Um, Usain Boy as well, he's just costing us loads of money. We yeah. can't get rid Did of you see your Usain Boy on his Instagram? He posted a video of him in Paul Popper's car. Juventus friends. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> enjoying, enjoying himself then on, on the money that we pay him. <laughs> Despite that he's never played a senior game. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I think his contract does run out in the summer, though. I think his one does. Yeah, I think but, so. Yeah, all these players we just need to get rid of. Because they're costing us money and we're never going to play them. Yeah, so uh, all, all players who have left Leeds, I don't think we'll miss them at all. Um, and just the uh, three players uh, coming into Leeds in January. So, first of all, Elie Capril, 18 year old goalkeeper, Italian goalkeeper, highly rated, made his permanent move from uh, Italian side chair uh, Verona until the summer of 2023. Uh, Ian Pervedo, of course, 19 year old, made a permanent switch from Manchester City, signing a four and a half year deal at Leeds, keeping him at Ellen Road until the summer of 2024. And uh, finally, Jean Kevin Augustine, 20 two-year-old uh, French striker is uh, a loan from uh, Bundesliga side Red Bull Leipzig until the end of the season though there is the option to buy so um, you know that, 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 are you satisfied with the window are, are you content <laughs> <laughs> content is probably the way to put it yeah I would have liked another centre mid but I'm pleased with the business we've done yeah with the business we've done happy yes we could have done more but overall it's okay I'm, 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 I'm fine with the business that we've done uh, so yeah no more transfers until the summer Yes. I don't like the transfer windows. I hate it. I hate the transfer windows. I find Jim White's smug face <laughs> more difficult to deal with year after year. In particular, the January window is, is uh, very much annoys me because not much business gets done and there's so much drama put around it and there's just nothing really happening. It's all for entertainment now, isn't it? The coverage for the transfer windows and, and, and are And it's always average players transferring to different clubs for huge amounts of money. Yeah. The funniest one this window by far was the... Um, I think I pronounced his name right. Igalo from uh, uh, Igalo, Igalo or whatever, from Shanghai. He was going to on loan from Shanghai to Manchester United. That was very funny. Yeah, Manchester uh, United be the cause of a coronavirus outbreak in the UK. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a club like Manchester United stooping to loaning players from a Shanghai division side. Almost signed Augustine. It's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's great to see uh, Manchester United yeah. panicking. 
you know, no, panic tried, signing. They, they came in last minute for Augustine. They came in last minute with I think the twenty-five mil bid for Josh King. Not not that we care what they do, and we should probably get off them. But it is very very funny. Yeah, it is funny to see Manchester Manchester United meltdown. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no more transfers to talk about, which is just fantastic. Love it. <laughs> uh, well, let's now look ahead to uh, Leeds United's next couple of games. Then uh, the first game coming up uh, is of course this Saturday. Uh, oh, Leeds United, <laughs> yeah, Leeds United taking Nottingham Forest away at the City Ground uh, with kickoff at five thirty PM as it's been selected for Sky TV podcast. Um, now I said in my uh, my uh, review video from the Wigan game that I'm not too confident going into this this weekend's game, and I'm still not really. <laughs> Are you confident going into it? No, but this is exactly the type of game we would win. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we obviously we don't, this is the last game we're without Calvin Phillips um, for his suspensions up. So we've got to deal with that once again. It's an away game. <laughs> it's a playoff contender there in good in great form. I mean, obviously, they had a bit of a tricky one last out, but Birmingham are a weird side, as we found out. Yeah. Um, down, at, <laughs> down at their place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I would love us to win this because we've not really done that well against Forest um, recently. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, but I would love us to go out, go down there and win this. Uh, yeah. I hate to sound like Kevin Keegan there, but I would really love it <laughs> if we beat them. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, it's certainly going to be a tough game, though. Nottingham Forest are having a really good season. Um, they've uh, lost seven, John nine, and won 14 of their 30 league games this season. Uh, they did lose 2-1 away at Birmingham City in the last game, uh, but before that they had gone uh, unbeaten in seven league games, five wins and two draws there. So, yeah, they're doing quite well. Uh, they're currently fourth on 51 points, four points behind us. So, no doubt, it's a massive game, uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, obviously they missed the chance to massively put the pressure on the automatics last time out and they'll see this as a perfect opportunity as playing the team in second to really close the gap down to one point so and they, and they do have some really good players like Graben always scores goals wherever he is yeah they do have good players Lewis Graben Joe Lolly Matty Cash no, really good players that I mean really. Graben did cheat at Ellen Road to score his goal because he fouled someone on the halfway line and then handballed it in but you know that's what we did last <laughs> season before <laughs> at Ellen Road so yeah I'm wary of them I'm yeah. always wary for it. And once again, Calvin Phillips is suspended <laughs> as a result, or not as a result, but he was obviously got suspended in the Forest game last season. He's suspended for the Forest game this season. Uh, normally, Luke Ayling picks up an injury against Forest as well, so I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, please, no. Uh, Forest, they have a good home record as well in the league. Uh, played 14, won 7, drawn 3, and lost 4. Um, so that's uh, decent. Uh, let's have a look at who scored.com. Let's see how not in a forest play, shall we? Uh, so their strengths, uh, they're strong at finishing scoring chances, strong at counter-attacks, strong at attacking set pieces, and strong at creating scoring chances. Well, they're going to batter us then, because we're, <laughs> we're bad at defending all of those things. Yeah. Uh, they're weak at avoiding offside, weak at defending against free ball attacks, and weak at aerial duels. We don't really do aerial jewels, but we do a lot of through ball attacks, so that might come in handy. Yeah, I think it'll be an entertaining game, to be fair. Uh, not in a forest style of play, to take long shots, attempt crosses often, take a lot of shots, and play in, in their own half. So, <laughs> so uh, it, it's going to be an interesting game, certainly. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I remember playing them at Ellen Road. They were really, they played really deep and they were really poor. Yeah, I mean, game. yeah. So, of course, Leeds United have played not in the forest already this season. Uh, Drew won at Ellen Road uh, back in August, uh, which was our first home game of the season as well. Uh, but yeah. you know, Forest they didn't impress in that game at all, did they? No. They did not impress. And if they play like that, you know, we should have won that game back in August. So if they play how they did back then, you know, we should win really. I know because they didn't impress at all. They didn't look good at all when for me. Last win down there was it? Was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? 
2017, uh, I think, wasn't it? 2017, I think. Yeah, Alioski scored that, that left foot. Yeah, goal. under Thomas Christensen. Yeah, and Roof scored that header as well. Yeah, I, I would really like to win down there, and it will massively take the pressure off both the team, the fan base, the general gloom around the club at the moment, which there is quite a lot of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of gloom. As I say, two wins from last nine league games. We need to turn it around. Yeah. We need to improve. This is next, a must-win game. And then, <laughs> these next two games are really... They'd be brilliant games to win. Really good games yeah. to win. The, the, the massive games. Really must-win games. Uh, but Leeds, we don't do too well against Forest. Winless in the last four meetings. Three draws, one loss. That loss, of course, did come last season. We lost 4-2 away. What do you think will happen here? What do you think will happen here? What's your score prediction? One all draw. One all draw. I'm going to go one all as well. I, I, I think it'll be tight. I'll take a point. I'll take a point. One all draw. One all draw here. Brentford win though. While we're drawing with Forest, that puts even more pressure on the game after. Yeah, it does. Uh, I think Brentford. Who did they play this weekend? Brentford take on Middlesbrough at home, which they probably will win. <laughs> Probably. Um, Fulham take on Blackburn away this weekend. Probably win that as well. you got West Brom taking on Millwall away, which will be tough for them. Um, but yeah, we, we just need to focus on ourselves, Lee. We need to focus on ourselves, turn our form around, and hopefully we do. But um, yeah, one all draws. Me and Charles are both going to go for here. Uh, then after this, of course, Lee United play uh, Brentford away at Griffin Park on Tuesday night. It kicks off at 7.45, and it's also on Sky TV as well. Uh, now, Leeds haven't won away at Brentford since the 26th of August, 1950, where we won 2-1. So, uh, how are we feeling going into this game? <laughs> we never, we, 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 I don't know what it is about Griffin Park. We just never play well down there. We're always awful down there. Haven't won there for 70 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like predicting Leeds to lose, so I'm going to predict another draw. <laughs> I'm going to go another one all draw. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really tough. Brentford having a fantastic season. Uh, they played 13 in the league, won 15, draw 5, and, and, and lost 10. Uh, they're in the playoff places. They've got a good, solid team. They play really good football as well. Uh, but, yeah, got good team. Of course, Ollie Watkins. Uh, cheat. Yeah. <laughs> He's a massive cheat. Uh, but the league's highest goal scorer, though. The league's highest goal scorer this season. Still a cheat. Um, of course, got Pontus Janssen as well. We all know how good he is. Ben Rama, Sergi Canyos as well. They've got, got a really good team, Brentford. Ben Rama is probably the best player in the league. Yeah. Probably. They've got a really good team to Brentford. Play really good football. And it's going to be it's going to be very tough. Sergi Canyos should be... Uh, should have been suspended for nutting Alioski last season as well, which he never got done for. Yeah, I look forward to seeing him again. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. Brentford's home record for those interested: they played fourteen, won eight, drawn three, and lost just three. Uh, so yeah, they're a really good team. It's going to be really tough. Who uh, scored? Uh, they've got a lot of strength for Brentford, so they're very strong at counter attacks, very strong at defending set pieces, and they are strong at the following: finishing scoring chances, attacking down the wings, creating long shot opportunities, creating chances through individual skill, and protecting the lead. So great stuff. <laughs> and their uh, weaknesses: we've only got two weaknesses: the weak at avoiding offside and weak at aerial duels. <laughs> Those aren't really weaknesses, are they? No, offside isn't really a weakness. But Elio Jules, uh, though. Well, they've got Janssen in the back line, so they'll probably be fine. <laughs> um, Brentford style played They uh, pass short, uh, play possession football, attack through the middle, non, they're non-aggressive, play the offside trap, and uh, they keep a consistent first 11. So, um, yeah, right. a, a well-equipped team. <laughs> Brentford, well-equipped, solid team. I look forward to watching that game. It's going to be uh, tough. But, of course, Leeds beat Brentford 1-0 at Elm Road back in August. Do you reckon we'll do the double? I mean, yeah. Uh, no. 
<laughs> no, I don't think they'll do another one. I was just saying, thinking about that game. That was Nketiah's first goal for Leeds off the bench. Um, no, I don't think we'll beat him down there. So what's your score prediction here? I'm going to go for another one all. Another one all. You know what? I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident going into this. I know that we haven't won there for 70 years, but I reckon we'll get the first win in London for donkey's years. <laughs> I reckon we will. I'm going to go 2-0, Leeds. Oh, that's very 2-0. 2-0 I'm going to go for. Oh, I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I reckon I reckon we'll turn it around. I reckon we will turn it around, and hopefully we really do because we're in a really bad place at the moment. <laughs> but uh, that does bring us to the end of episode 53 of the All Things These podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me, as always. No worries, mate. And uh, thank you very much as, uh, to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast around as well. Make sure to uh, help us out. Make sure to follow on All Things Leads on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leads on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you haven't already. All Things Leads on YouTube. Uh, now, Charles and I, we will be back next week. Uh, so for now, take care and we'll speak to you soon.